Hey, bestie. Hey, guys. You got two bestie homeschooling mamas coming at you. You've got Gail over here and Christina. How you doing? Today, we are going to be picking homeschool curriculum. That's what today's episode is about. Picking the right curriculum for your family can be overwhelming. Yes. But we've got a few tips and tricks to make it a little bit easier, a little bit less overwhelming, and a little bit so you don't throw everything out the window. So let's get into it. Okay, guys. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to picture what your homeschool is going to look like. What do you want your homeschool to look like? Does it look fun? Does it look like a schoolroom? Does it look, what does it look like? Okay, now take that picture and throw it out the window. Literally. And she just said, (laughs) we don't want you to throw things out the window. Throw it out the window. Okay? I know that sounds crazy, but a lot of people come into homeschooling thinking that their homeschool has to look a certain way. And we are here to tell you that it doesn't. It does not need to look like a schoolroom inside your home. Okay? We are um, we are teaching our kids in everything that we do all day long. Um, they are learning in everything that they do all day long. It does not have to be posters all over the house, books all over the house, sitting down at the table for eight hours a day. That is not what homeschool looks like. No. In most cases. No. It is not. When you are thinking about the curriculum that you want to use, keep that in mind because you don't want to sit at the table for eight hours a day. No. It's not necessary. Um, that is not the point of homeschool, y'all. It is not the point. It won't be enjoyable for you. It won't be enjoyable for your your kids. That is... It's not freeing. That is the point of homeschool. Homeschool Mm -hmm. is supposed to be freeing. And the curriculum is supposed to be the same way. Yeah. You're supposed to be able to go after your kids' passions. Absolutely. In addition to the main parts that they're supposed to learn. You know, reading, writing, all the shenanigans. Mm -hmm. So don't try to recreate school in your home. And don't plan on spending eight hours a day doing school. And that's really hard for those of us who went to public school. It is. To wrap our brains around. It is. And it is really hard for those of us who taught or worked in a school environment because that is, it's just ingrained in who you are and what you did for so long. So best advice I can give any new homeschooler, take that picture and throw that out the window. Um, It does not, your space does not have to look or feel like a schoolroom. What does your space look like? My living room. You guys sit around your um, like a dining room table in your living room, right? We have a table in the living room that is the quote unquote school table that we almost never use. Because <laughs> usually just sit on the couches and stuff, We sit right? on the couch. We sit on the floor. We go to the park. We do stuff in the car on the way to events. We almost never sit at the table to do our work. We're always spread out throughout the house. Now, that being said, we do have a giant whiteboard in our living room. 
Um, so that does have a little bit of a schoolroom feel to it. But you can use that for a lot of things. It's not just it for school. It is not just for school. The kids draw on it all the time for fun. We do school on it. Right. We use that. Um, but again, we're not sitting at the table for eight hours a day. Well, your entire living room looks at that whiteboard, though, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, you could be sitting on the couch and looking at the whiteboard, too. Yep. So, it's not like you have to be sitting at the school table to see mm-hmm. it. So, it's, I mean, it is a big whiteboard. And I know you guys do planning for your, you know, nonprofits and stuff there, mm-hmm. too, and all of those things. It, it is well used. It is we well used and loved lot. for all of the things. I love the whiteboard. <laughs> um, it is actually a schoolroom whiteboard. Right. That our neighbor had um, acquired while renovating a school. And so we it were is very large. Excited. It is very large. It is good size. We love it. Mm-hmm. We love it. But that is the only thing in our house that, that looks like a schoolroom. Other than that, it's just our living room with right. bookshelves and couches and, right. you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Our homeschool is in a drawer. In a drawer. In my office. Yeah. And we'll sit here at the table. Or we'll sit in my office and do it. But like everything that he uses to homeschool is in a drawer. Mm-hmm. And we just pull the drawer out mm-hmm. and carry it wherever we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. We have um, usually we have um, what I call our car schooling notebook mm-hmm. where when we're going to be out because we're going to whatever events and we're going to be gone for a while, they bring their car schooling book. And that's like review pages or extra practice on things and they do work in there um, while we are running errands or whatever may be on the schedule that day. There you go. Tip number two, your kids are all different. So this is especially important for those of us that have more than one or two kids. I know when I had my number three, I thought he was going to be just like number one or just like number two because number one and number two are completely different. Like, Opposite ends on everything. So when my sweet number three came, I thought, well, is he going to be like number one or is he going to be like number two? Nope. He's completely different as well. And and so were the subsequent <laughs> children. They're all different. When you are picking curriculum, one of the things that always drew me to curriculum as a mom of many was the curriculums that I thought I could use all down the line. Mm-hmm. And as the years go by, I realize that that isn't always the case. I may love the curriculum. It may have worked great with number one or number two or number three, but that does not mean it's going to work great for four and five, four and five or anywhere in that, that realm. So right. it is nice when you find those curriculums that can work for multiple children. And sometimes they do, but just know that it may not work for everybody. So keep that in the back of your head when you are picking curriculum. And be okay with it. And be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Don't rack your brain. Don't think you've done something wrong. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Yep. If you have young ones, especially if you have young ones, let them play. Mm -hmm. Don't, you know, we talked about not spending eight hours a day on school. They learn so much when they are playing so many things. So let them play, focus on what they can learn through that play rather than a specific curriculum schedule that they have to keep. 
Yeah. I love like the Montessori style mm-hmm. um, play mm-hmm. and learn. Do you want to share with them a little bit? Sure. Sure. What that is. Um, so Montessori style schooling um, is like a daycare style um, that you can take your kid to like when they're small, if you're working or whatever. Um, but they use a lot of mm-hmm. manipulative squares or blocks or numbers or a lot of manipulative um, moving parts. Mm-hmm. A lot of sensory. Um, it's a lot of sensory mm-hmm. boxes and a lot of sensory moving things, a lot of tactile options for the kids. And so I love that with my kiddo. I got a lot of those for him when he was small. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, I got a lot of them for him because he was in OT and we were working on finger grasping and, you know, we had, they had chopsticks that he could use to grasp the balls to make the, you know, little, it looks like a Chinese checkers board, but it's not. And he was had to make designs with the thing underneath the board. It's not, he's learning shapes and colors, Absolutely. but he's also doing fine motor skills and gross motor skills. And he needed that because in crossing midline, like he didn't do all of those things, you know, so it took a lot to get him to learn how to cross his midline and getting him to take his right hand and put it over his body near his left hand was a big deal for him. So getting him these Montessori style things, he thought he was playing Ha 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 ha. Playing you know, and he's learning. playing and learning, but mm-hmm. he doesn't know these things. Um, and so I learned a lot about them actually, even this year at convention. He can still do so much with them, even though he's going into the first grade this year, and there's still so much that he can do with them. We're not quite reading yet, which is fine, but he's still, you know, learning how to write within a certain range because he's got big movements. He's still mm-hmm. not, you know, got control of all of his functions with the writing and stuff. The Montessori tools are really big with that, where you like you take a like a tray and you put quinoa in it. And because quinoa is really easy to vacuum up and you take two fingers and you can draw the letters inside the quinoa. And that helps with finger grasp with the pencil, because then mm-hmm. all you have to do is add your thumb. And I'm like, I never thought about that. So if you draw with the two fingers, your pointer finger and your middle finger, then all you have to do is add your thumb when you're doing pencil grasp. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so fabulous. So if you have a kid who is sensory or has fine motor skills or gross motor skills, Montessori, tactile style learning things, especially for younger, Mm -hmm. um, younger elementary are super awesome. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, okay, so I also want you to file this away as an important lesson from Christina. <laughs> Be willing to try something new mm-hmm. if what you got isn't working. Mm-hmm. My very first year, okay, not my first year homeschooling because, you know, I've been homeschooling the whole time. But when our oldest started school and we were doing, I think it was first grade, I got this amazing reading curriculum because I had a reluctant reader. This curriculum had all the right reviews and it was, I looked at it and it just made me happy because it was, it was amazing. It was incredible. And I could see the value and the all the amazing things in this curriculum. Um, it was easy for me to teach. She hated it. Oh, no. She hated it. We fought through reading 
that entire year. Fought through it because she just, it didn't, it wasn't exciting for her. It wasn't fun for her. It wasn't something that she enjoyed doing. And this curriculum just made it worse. Like it just wasn't. And I should have tossed it right at the beginning and said, you know what? This is not working just because I love it doesn't mean it works for her. And I didn't, I was, we suffered through the whole year because part of it was, you know, I didn't want to, I I was a fancy, expensive curriculum and I didn't want to waste that money. I could have saved it for another kid to see if they liked it. I could have gifted it to somebody. I could have given it to the, the compassion use curriculum sale. There are so many things I could have done and I didn't. So learn from me. If something isn't working, try something new. There are so many options out there. You will find something that works for both you and your student. So learn from me. Don't hang on to it. If it's not working, it is okay to try something new. Okay. So now we are ready to choose our curriculum. Now that you've kind of wrapped your mind around what your school day will look like, let's start choosing our curriculum. How do we do that? First, you need to figure out what kind of student or students you have. We talked a little bit about the being hands-on and the manipulative. So is your student hands-on? Are they a visual learner? Are they easily distracted? Do they do well with, with structure? What type of student do you have? So you want to kind of evaluate that. Next thing you want to do is what kind of teacher are you? Do you thrive in the structure? Do you kind of go with the flow? Do you want something that is curriculum all in one box? So there's curriculum out there that has it all. You purchase this one thing and it covers all your subjects for the whole year. You're good to go. Or are you a little bit more eclectic where you want to pick and choose which curriculums you use for math and science and reading, kind of put put it together yourself. There are lots of choices in that area. What curriculum types have you, did you choose? Well, last year we started with master books. That was the style we found that when I was at convention I liked. It had Bible study inside of it. It had life skills inside of it. It had the writing, the reading, the math stuff, all the things in one. Those were the two like curriculum books that we got. And then I would say I was eclectic past that. You know, we did a lot of free curriculum things past that for all the other major parts of it. You did a little bit about a little bit of both. A little bit of both. A little bit I of wanted, a box. I wanted like the math and the writing where I was unsure of myself mm, mm-hmm. to be very structured. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything else that I felt I could kind of handle for kindergarten mm-hmm. that I felt like I could get mm-hmm. the library books and those kinds of things mm-hmm. a little bit more accessible 
that kind of way was a little bit more eclectic. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did a lot of hands-on stuff last year. There was also these homeschool moms books that we got at the convention last year where we got a library book, we read through it, and then there was a invention that we got to build and things like that. So it was, he's very engineer style brain. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he likes that kind of thing. That's awesome. I am definitely more eclectic part of that I think is because of having so many kids and your kid goes into first grade and they're maybe reading at a first grade level but their math is a third grade level so they're kind of all over the place so for me I found that it was it was easiest for me to kind of pick and choose each of the subjects individually yeah I feel like for us again that saved us a little bit of money as well Mm -hmm. Um, but that really it's going to vary from family to family right for sure Awesome. Okay. So you figured out what kind of student you have and you figured out what your teaching styles are. The next thing we would suggest is put your hands on the curriculum. Mm -hmm. Don't just go online and see what looks pretty. Find a homeschool convention near you. Go to a, a used curriculum sale or a resource center in your area. You could even ask a friend Mm -hmm. um, for recommendations on what they use and ask to look through it. When you can put your hands on the books and flip through the pages. It just really gives you a much better picture of what your day is going to look like using that. I actually had a mom in one of my Facebook pages today, actually. she It wasn't a homeschooling page. It was just one of our town pages for the city we live in. And she was like, hey, I'm going to start homeschooling. And what curriculum do you guys use? And... She wanted it to be Bible-based and she wanted it to be this and this. And people were giving her recommendations, but nobody was giving her what it checkmarked off. Mm -hmm. And I was, well, this is the one we use. This is what it checkmarks. And she was like, oh, really? And I was, well, yeah, you know, know, I'm on these crossroads. If you want to come look at it, you know, come take a peek. And I think that's important because when I looked through it at convention, that's what really sold me. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally agree with that. You really have to put your hands on it. Yes. If if you have a convention that happens near you, it can be overwhelming to walk into that vendor hall. That first year was overwhelming. That first year. But I, I kid you not. I went home exhausted that first day. Yes. Yes, you will. Because <laughs> there's so many choices. And when you're just kind of searching online, you don't really have a grasp of really how many options there the are out there. Of yeah. How big yeah. it is. Yeah. Exactly. So when you can once you get past the shock of it all, <laughs> you can go through each of those vendors and, and ask them your questions and flip through the books. It really just puts a whole new perspective on it. So if you can't get to convention because it's the wrong time of year or there's not one close to you, then ask a friend or find a used curriculum um Resource or homeschool group in your area that you're maybe not a part of yet, but you could be, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure they could help you out. Absolutely. Yes. Another suggestion that we don't always think about is ask your kids, especially the older ones, for input. What do they want to learn? Um, I have, you know, kids ranging from 14 to 4, and for as long as I can remember, we take a day before school starts where I sit down with each one of them individually and we kind of do a little coffee date and we just go through, okay, 
What did they learn last year? What were they successful at? What do they want to learn this year? So it's not just me deciding, hey, you're going to learn X, Y, Z. It's them giving some input into what they're going to learn and what their interests are. Well, and it then they're goes invested. back to what we talked about in the beginning with homeschool. They get to choose what their passions are and kind of learn about those. Mm-hmm. Your oldest loves horses. So I'm sure she learns a lot about horses when she goes and rides them and takes care of them and all mm-hmm. of those things. Corey did the same thing this past week. We you know, were just getting ready to start school in September for us. And I mean, we never really stopped over the summer. It's not good for him to get out of routine. But once... Our, we're done with our kindergarten book, we'll start our first grade book. So when that happens, I go, hey, what do you want to learn this year? And we were actually in the car and he asked me, he goes, where do the clouds sit? Like, where are they in the sky? Like he sees them in the sky and he's like, I don't understand. I was like, they're in the atmosphere. And he's like, the what? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, do you want to learn about that this year? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, because science is so random in kindergarten. It's You don't really talk about those kinds of things. You know, you talk about the sun and the moon, but not like where does it sit in the sky? And so he's like, yeah, let's learn about, you know, the sun and the sc- the moon and the clouds and the, what did you call it? And I said, the atmosphere. Cute. <laughs> It's like you have to go through the atmosphere to get to the stars. And he goes, you do? So he's all excited. Understand that I don't necessarily have to get a curriculum book for that. Mm -hmm. You know, I want you guys to understand that you don't have to have a curriculum book for every single subject. Mm -hmm. You know, everything that you are teaching is their curriculum. Mm -hmm. So you can choose to purchase curriculum from some company, mm-hmm. or you can piece it together yourself. Mm-hmm. There are so many resources out there that are free. Mm-hmm. There are um, websites that offer different classes. There are Pinterest. Pinterest is like a wealth of knowledge mm-hmm. um, and ideas for all those different. You could come up with all kinds of crafts and um, lessons for the, the atmosphere. Library. The public library. You can get Pick a subject, atmosphere, the sky, the clouds, what you pick mm-hmm. a subject and the you types can of actually clouds. did you know that you can request um a teacher box from the library? I do where you say, Okay, well, our library, I'm assuming most libraries do the same thing, but our library is out here. You can say, I would like a teacher box on this subject. And then they they take a few days, but they collect box of like thirty books all on that subject, and then you check out the whole the whole box, and you keep it for a month, and then you return it. That's cool. It's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what we'll do on. Uh, there you go. Check it out. See if if your city yeah, does the same sky thing. And stuff. Yeah, it's called a teacher box. At least where we where we live. Yeah, I'll check our city. Yeah, but, I mean. When when you do stuff like that with um, piecing your curriculum together and getting the free resources, that is absolutely acceptable. You just need to make sure you're within your state requirements. Yes, yes. Let's talk about state requirements for a second. Very good point. Um, so each state is different. Our laws here in Arizona 
may be different from wherever you are. So you want to make sure that you are familiar with your state requirements. Some states require testing. Some states require attendance. Some states require filling out an affidavit. And that's all you have to do. It really is a broad range of requirements from state to state. So we are actually very blessed here in Arizona. Our laws are very free, thanks to some hardworking people who you know, fought over the past 30 years to, to keep them that way. So you want to make sure you know what those rules and, and laws are. Right. Just to make sure that you stay within those requirements and that if you do need testing or something with your state, that mm-hmm. you are fulfilling that um, to stay um, compliant with Absolutely. your state requirements um, so that you can continue to homeschool. Yes. You know. Yes. And to understand the differences in the school options in your state as, you know, there aren't, it, it's not just public school and homeschooling. There right. are quite a few different options um, in, in different states. So just be aware of those laws and requirements. Your s- state organization is going to be a great resource for finding out what those laws are. Right. And if you don't know if your state has mm-hmm. a state organization or whatever, you can Google your state and find one, or you can go to hslda.org. Mm-hmm. I believe so. Um, I think it's org. And you can look up your state from their website and find your state organization from their website. Their website is just a resource to find your state organization. Mm-hmm. So HSLDA is definitely a helpful place to find that information. It is not the end all be all, but it is definitely a helpful resource. Yes. And so. they are very knowledgeable. If your state doesn't have an active state organization, they would have the answers for you as well as to what your state laws are. Right. I mean, those are important things though when you're picking curriculum to make sure that you're staying compliant so that you can continue to homeschool freely mm-hmm. and that you're doing the things you need to do to teach them the things that they have to have in order for you to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So for example, here in Arizona, as homeschoolers turn in an affidavit when our child turns six um, and then if we're starting from the beginning or when we start homeschooling, once we have withdrawn Mm -hmm. our student from whatever other schooling option, then we turn in an affidavit with the state that says we are homeschooling. And um, with that, we are agreeing to teach the five main subjects to our students. Right. Our state does not require any testing at this time. Um, The only thing that we the state does require is once they get into high school, we have to keep grades if we want to send them to college, correct? Yes. If you are choose, it's not necessarily a requirement from the state. It's not a law. But, but if, if you're your wanting student to go to- is college bound, you want to keep those records, even if they're not sure if they're right. going to go to college. You really want to keep those records of their grades so that you can have a transcript to give their right. future college right. for acceptance. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not for the state of Arizona per se, but if they wanted to go to a college in the state of Arizona or any state thereof, um, they had to have a transcript mm-hmm. regardless. Which you create. Yeah, you, you create as the, the homeschool parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, homeschool kids are sought out, guys. They are. They are more well-rounded and um, 
they're sought out by a lot of colleges nowadays because they're so Mm well-rounded and they're great students because they know how to Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-teach. A lot of the times they know how to stay on course. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, they're teaching. So we digress. A lot of that, I (laughs) I believe comes from those moments where they're showing us their interest and, and they're able to learn and grow from those interests because then they're they're passionate about it. Right. It's not just, oh, I'm lear- learning this because I have to. It's, oh, I want to learn about the atmosphere and this, the clouds and the stars and right. all of that, right? So that passion kind of develops. Right. And, and you can kind of take that as far as you need to. Right. Or as they want to. Right. Which is super exciting. I had no idea he was so excited about clouds. We were just driving. He's like, yeah, I really want to know about that. And I was like, that's awesome. Okay, well, we'll see how far that goes. (laughs) Like, I really don't know how long this is going to last once he gets into it. You know what? He will get from it what What he needs to understand. What he needs to understand. (laughs) And he will learn and grow from that. And then he'll move on to something else that he's excited about. Yeah. He's real into cars. Like, I have a feeling that once we get to the point of his life where he could work on a car engine, he would probably do that all day long. Well, there you go. Yeah, I really think he would. He loves cars. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Did I cover everything? I think think we just have a bonus tip from them. I do have a bonus tip for them. I was kind of waiting to the end. It's like the, oh, here's Mm -hmm. my... Yeah, I think we've covered everything else. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I'm going to give them the bonus tip. Give it. Okay. You all, if you look up um, on Amazon or the library or anywhere that you would get um, a book from, search Kathy Duffy. She has, and um, and maybe we can post. uh, I'll see if I can put it in the show notes. There you go. Because I don't remember the actual title. She has a couple books all about... um, curriculum reviews. So if you factor in all of these things that we talked about today, and then you check out this book, it's amazing. She is incredible with her reviews of different curriculum. So if you can't put your hands on them, this is a really great way to at least understand perspective of what curriculum, what the the curriculum you're looking at is like. Awesome. So great resource there with Kathy Duffy and her curriculum reviews. Awesome. All right. Well, I guess really the point is of all of this to say is don't stress about curriculum. Mm -hmm. You know, the learning will come Mm -hmm. as long as you love on your kiddos and you show them Mm -hmm. love every single day. They will get what they need. They will. Absolutely. They really will. And, you know, talking through when they're not understanding something mm-hmm. pivoting is like the biggest thing with yeah. homeschooling pivot pivot we have the same picture <laughs> in our head right then we might be friends fans. yeah um, um yes absolutely yeah. christina and i went to the friends experience together oh yeah and, we should post pictures and we yeah. yes we should and we are holding up the pivot couch it's we hilarious are. but that's the biggest thing with you. You can always change curriculum. Can't change families. Guys, this is true. <laughs> so if you're struggling, just change the curriculum. Ask for help. Don't be afraid to change it up. And don't break your bank. Yeah. Don't. it. Curriculum does not have to, to be expensive. It, it can be. 
And yeah. it, it does get more expensive as they get older. Right. Because you sure. got different high school subjects but, and all the things. But don't break the bank. There are so many resources out there for free curriculum, for use discounted curriculum. Don't don't break the bank. You can homeschool without spending a ton of money. Yeah, for sure. And that's, you know, where it comes into play too. being smart about finding your resource center. Most cities have them, um, have resource centers or, you know, getting yourself plugged in with a homeschool group. Mm -hmm. Well, definitely um, a homeschool group or a co-op or something Mm -hmm. um, where they can get you that information each year Mm -hmm. is definitely going to be helpful. Absolutely. There's also um, a Gail mentioned HSLDA Mm -hmm. earlier. Um, They have a, a group called Compassion. So, uh, the Compassion Group here in Arizona does a used curriculum sale. They did that every over the summer, year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's amazing. And it you you get discounted curriculum. It's used, but it's mm-hmm. in great shape. It is, and then the I money got some awesome yeah. games, <laughs> yeah, and like flashcards and stuff. Yeah, and then that money actually goes to bless struggling homeschoolers. So that is a great resource. And if they have it here, it's it's through HSLDA. So which is nationwide. There are many other states that have something like that as well. So um, definitely check that out in your area. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, as I say every single week, we are here for you every Wednesday, you guys. We are so blessed to have you guys um, joining the community, more and more of you every single week. And we are so excited to continue to bring these resources and this information to you guys. We are just so grateful that the the Lord has put us in a place where we can share this with you guys and that we have been on this journey. Um, Christina obviously is the veteran and longer and has this experience to share with us. And I'm super excited that I get to be along for the ride on the homeschool part of it. Don't Um, let her fool you. She does all the hard stuff. (laughs) So I'm super excited that we get to do all these things with you guys. So thank you again for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and like the podcast so that we um, can continue to make sure it gets to all of the right people. Um, write a review for us if you found value in this today. Make sure to join us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok if you want to be a part of our community. We try and share tips and tricks and all of the things. Um, fun stuff too, guys. We like to have a real good time around here. So make sure you are a part of it. And uh, we're just so grateful for all of you guys. Christina is going to close us out today in prayer. Okay, guys. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing these ladies to, to listen, help us to be a blessing to them, help us to be a resource that they can use. Thank you for the freedom that we have to homeschool. Thank you for the resources that are out there. Thank you so much for just giving us what we need to teach our kids and help us to have the confidence that, that we can do it because it is what you are asking us to do. And just thank you for everything you've blessed us with. Pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Hey, Bestie. Bestie.